Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of The Hangover on the Fans First Network, uh, Steelers Curtain Network. I'm your host, Daniel J. Alongside with me is Shannon Wyatt, as always. Shannon, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I, I don't know if you heard, Daniel, but there was, this, there was this little thing called the NFL Draft this past weekend, and I heard the Steelers did all right. Now, I heard some rumblings. I heard some rumblings. I, th- I thought that, you know, they said that it was favorable for Omar Khan in his first draft as general manager. The Khan artist. <laughs> the Khan artist. He, he struck again. I mean, this has been an aggressive offseason up to this point. And then for a draft like this, wow, wow. I, uh, kudos to the Pittsburgh Steelers and to Omar Khan, Andy Weidel, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney, the, the whole group. Uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about it. So first and foremost... There was a lot of rumors going into the draft, right? If the Steelers were going to possibly trade at number nine, if Jalen Carter is there, Jalen Carter is there at number nine and there is no trade. What were your thoughts there when, when initially just based on that aspect, did you think that they were possibly going up for him or was that just nonsense or smokescreen? I have a, I have a lot of respect for Peter King because a lot of times he's real accurate when right. he makes predictions like that, but it was more of a possible possibility, a suggestion than an actual prediction, I believe. And so I didn't really expect them to due to the red flags that are well-documented. 
Mm-hmm. So I was thinking they might get the guy they ended up getting, and I was hoping that he would fall to 17, but they ended up moving up, didn't have to give up a lot, and made sure they got him. Exactly, exactly. I was I was intrigued when I saw the you know Jalen Carter there, but then you know the pick was in for the Bears, and I was like, well, well there goes that aspect. Mm-hmm. And so um, number 14 comes around. The Steelers are trading with, uh, you know, with the devil, so to speak, with the New England Patriots and moving up. And, and there's been some rumors as to why they gave up only a fourth round pick to get to to where they're at. And they select offensive tackle Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Uh, he was on the board. Christian Gonzalez was on the board. What was your first knee jerk? Well, prior to the selection, did you think it was going to be Broderick or did you think it was possibly somebody else? And what were your reactions once the pick came in? Well, one thing about it, when Belichick made that trade, you know he was thinking, I'm going to stick it to the Jets. Because <laughs> it was widely reported that the Jets wanted Jones. So not only was you know Belichick able to pick up another pick later, but he also was able to stick it to his division rival. So a, a guy like Belichick, he you know he loved that. I'm sure he was smiling ear to ear like Chester's cat, you know. But when I see the trade, I'm thinking – Christian Gonzalez, because I said, well, you want, because Paris Johnson Jr. was already off the board. So I said, they're going to want the best tackle, left tackle, because there was only two in this class that was for sure left tackle. And, or they wanted the top cornerback or one of the top two. Witherspoon was already gone. So I'm thinking it could be Gonzalez or it could be Broderick Jones. Some people, some publications had, Broderick Jones is the number one left tackle prospect in this class. So they really couldn't go wrong. Well, they made the pick and they picked Jones, which is just, I was ecstatic. And then you hear reports coming out that when Gonzalez came to his official pre-draft visit, that Tomlin did not like a couple of answers he gave during his one-on-one interview. And that sealed it. And, you know, you have to – that's why you have them interviews. That's why you go out to the dinners. You you get to know them and know their personalities. And sometimes you say, that's just not a good fit with our franchise. And I think Tomlin and Khan and company made the right decision. I agree 100%. You know, I, I was – when the Steelers moved up, initially the first thing that went into my mind was, are we getting Christian Gonzalez? And I, I was jumping up, and then I was like, you know what? The Jets were wanting to tackle. They were wanting to protect – uh, Aaron Rodgers, we're trading with the New England Patriots. This is probably a tackle. The best tackle that's on the board right now is Broderick Jones. He's the most most athletic tackle that was coming in. Probably has the highest ceilings ceiling when it comes to, you know, the first you know, all the tackles in the draft. And I thought to myself, you know, when you when you go back and you listen to Mike Tomlin talk, and he was on the pivot, and he talks about not running away from coaching and wanting those athletic players and those players that have those. You know, that, that skill set, maybe perhaps need a little bit of coach up, but that's what his job is there for. Mm-hmm. I thought this is going to be the perfect guy. This is a guy that you can pair not only that athleticism, but also the quality of the grade of the pick. It's not like, for instance, coming in with a Terrell Edmonds, who may have had all the athleticism in the world, but was a reach at the first round. Mm-hmm. And so I thought this was a fantastic pick. I thought to myself, this is a guy that can pull. This is a guy that can get out in space and coverage. One of the biggest issues, in my opinion, when it came to the Pittsburgh Steelers last season, when it came to the offensive line, was how many times were the linemen, you know, down the field early because of their inability of athleticness or athleticism, 
or however you say it, you know, they weren't able to get out there. And so they were going to have to cheat a little bit to get out in front of the, uh, you know, the, the, the ball carrier. This is a guy you don't need to do that with. This is a guy that can get out there is physical. I love the pick. I, I think he's going to be week one starter. I don't think he goes into training camp as a starter. But I do think when the uh, the ball is snapped week one of the regular season, he's going to be the starting left tackle. Yeah. I don't think you move up in the first round and get somebody at 14 without that being the case. Um, what, where do you think he's going to he's going to fall in? You, you thinking the same thing first first week um, starting left tackle. And what happens to Dan Moore, in your opinion, if that ends up being the case? Um, well, I, one thing I wanted to point out is Paris Johnson, Jr., the only other left tackle that was rated as high as Jones is considered more technically and fundamentally sound mm-hmm. uh, and experienced. Well, see, that says a lot because Broderick Jones is, doesn't have quite as much experience and he's not, he still has room for growth technique and fundamentally. So he has a higher ceiling in my opinion than Johnson. So the Steelers got a very talented young player who, like, I agree with you totally. I think he's too good to keep off the field. I think that Tomlin doesn't like to start rookies. You know, when they had to start Kendrick Green, it's because they had nobody else. That was a nightmare. We don't ever want to think about that. But I think that he is too good to keep off the field. I agree with you. I think he'll go into camp as the number two, maybe on both sides, try him out. But I think when they see what he's capable of, he'll be playing next to Samalu who, you know, playing against a great technician, a quality veteran, Pro Bowl-level guard like that will only make his job easier. And I think that he will definitely, in my opinion, game one, he will be the starting left tackle. Then I think you're going to see Dan Moore battle it out with a core for for the starting right tackle position. And it's not as easy to switch sides as so many people think. You know, some people are ambidextrous, some people are not. And if you're a dominant one side, it is oftentimes very difficult. It takes time and reps and familiarity for you can switch sides. So I would have to give a core for the edge because of his experience on the right side. I agree. I agree 100% with that. Um, I think that there's going to be a battle there between Dan Moore and Chicks core for, and um, you know, I think when it comes to Dan Moore, he was a little bit of a pleasant surprise this rookie mm-hmm. season. He flashed a little bit and he was uh he was better than what they assumed. You know, the second season was a little bit of a slump. Now, when it comes to the offensive line, I understand that that's a position that sometimes gets better with age, you know, to a certain extent. But there's reasons why a lot of these guys stick around for a very long time. And a lot of reason why a lot of these guys end up rejuvenating their career if they end up coming out flat on their feet, you know, a little bit later. And so, um, you know, I'm not giving up completely on, on Dan Moore. Do you see that Dan Moore can be a, uh, a swing guy? Do you think he's that type of uh, – a tackle that can be put in position where he can move back and forth. And with, well, you know, not jumping too far away, but with the acquisition of uh, Darnell Washington, do you think the Steelers need that swing tackle as often as they were utilizing in previous years? Well, now you have a tight end that can be your sixth offensive lineman. Yeah, that's just it. The the sixth offensive lineman or the, you know, the heavy set tight end guy, there's so many options now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if Moore doesn't win the position and ends up being the swing tackle, I think he would be a high-quality swing tackle with starting experience, and he could start for a lot of teams. I just don't think he's going to start. Whoever doesn't win that position is not going to start. And so you've got quality there. Then you got Nate Herbig, mm-hmm. 
who's an absolute monster, if you go heavy packages, you get that extra six lineman. I mean, you bring him in, look what he can do, especially goal line, short yardage. But as you said, you got Darnell Washington, who is like a tackle. If you watch some of his highlights, his blocking is incredible. It really is. It's it's not a rookie level blocking, run blocking. He's not quite as good at pass blocking, but he is incredible run blocking because of his just length and his, his power. So, yeah, like you said, there's so many options there. And uh, that's only going to make this offense. We talked about it for the last few weeks, what we think Canada wanted to do. Well, when they interviewed Canada during the draft, he was like, we're not hiding what we're trying to do. There is no secret. They showed what they wanted to do last year, and they started doing it successfully. Well, now they got a lot more talent, so they should be even more successful this year. 100%. No excuses for Mr. Canada coming into this season. This is a uh, put-up season. Steelers need to put up a lot more points, and they got the players to do so. So I give the, the you know the first-round pick of Broderick Jones, including the trade, of A-plus. I think this was – uh, exactly the player that the Steelers wanted to go and get. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. The picket fence is coming together, the picket line, whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett, Pickett. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny Pickett is going to benefit. And, and so is Najee Harris from these draft picks. Now, uh, number 32 comes around. There's a lot of talk that the Pittsburgh Steelers are getting a bunch of calls referencing moving back from this pick. You know, I was asked throughout the night from a bunch of my friends and family, like, hey, do you think they're going to move back? Do you think they're going to keep it? I honestly assumed they would move back, given the fact that they didn't have a fourth round pick at the time, a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick. And I was like, you know, you, I don't think you go into a draft like that. Uh, you got to pick up some more players. Uh, I thought they would move back. Unbeknownst to me, they didn't. They stayed put there. They ended up selecting Joey Porter Jr., a guy who I thought that had the possibility of being the 17th overall pick had things kind of gone down the other, you know, in different, in a different manner. Um, I think the Steelers did a fantastic job. This was a guy, like I said, he had a first round grade. I know there's not a lot of splash when it comes to the amount of interceptions that he's had, but I think that goes hand in hand with the, the amount of attempts that he's had. Not many quarterbacks were throwing his direction. And so what were your thoughts, Joy Porter? Did you think he was going to be the selection prior to, or did you also kind of think they were going to move back as well? Well, me and you and Jeffrey Benedict had the honor of doing the round table after Joey Porter Jr. was selected. And anybody who watched it could tell I was, I just wasn't excited. Not that I wasn't happy about it, but I had been thinking all along, they're going to trade this pick. They're going to trade this pick. They're going to move back. I was thinking maybe to the 38th pick, you know, move back six spots and pick up a fourth, which they had given up, and a fifth because you didn't want to go the fifth and sixth rounds with no picks. Right. So I figured they would be able to do that. If they got the right offer, say early in the fourth and early in the fifth, well, we see what the Titans got for 33, the pick, the next pick, and they really didn't get that much. So looking back, we didn't know that at the time we did the podcast. Uh, I I would have been happier about it because based on what the Titans got, I would not have traded back because they really had their hearts set on Joey Porter Jr. And if you look at Joey Porter Jr., his arm length, his height and his arm length stand out immediately. Mm -hmm. I mean, that dude's got an incredible wingspan. That is going to be so valuable in coverage 
especially once Peterson teaches him the little ins and out of a jersey pull here and a, a you know smack on this side over here. Things you can get away with to slow down those receivers and those routes. So to me, Porter was the right selection there. You know, one of the things that makes it, as you said, not exciting or there wasn't a lot of splash plays. There's not a lot of interceptions. And it's not just because teams didn't throw at him, which they didn't. It's just some guys have a natural instinct for that kind of thing. And sometimes it takes time to develop. But he's just going to be a solid cover guy. It actually worked out in the Steelers' favor because I think a lot of teams passed on him and he dropped down a little bit there to the top of the second because of that lack of splash plays at Penn State. So the Steelers actually got two guys that we were all interested in at 17, and they got one at 17 and one at 32. So who could complain about that? That that worked out perfectly. No, I agree. I agree. And so with Joey Porter Jr. coming in, you have currently um, Levi Wallace on one side. You have Patrick Peterson on the other. I think Patrick Peterson is going to be – uh, he's going to be starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. So I think the battle then comes between Levi Wallace and Joey Porter Jr. for that other outside cornerback position. Do you think that's a position that Joey Porter can win in training camp, or you think he's going to be uh, uh, kind of maybe not thrown into the wolves like Broderick Jones is, so to speak, because you know, Jones is a 14 overall selection. Mm-hmm. Porter is, although had a first-round grade on probably a lot of teams' boards, and especially the Pittsburgh Steelers. In fact, he was selected 32, which in most seasons would be a first-round pick. Uh, he doesn't necessarily need to start right away. Do you think that there's a little bit of a hold-off on him, or do you think he's going to be uh, thrown into the fire as well? Now, here's the guy, because like we said earlier, Tomlin doesn't like to start rookies. Right. So with the experience they already have in Peterson and Wallace – I think you'll see Porter start the season in sub packages and, you know, kind of ease him in to the NFL game. But I think he'll play a lot as, as, you know, in those sub packages. And by mid season, maybe he probably will replace Wallace barring any, you know, confidence issues because I really like Levi Wallace. I, I liked him when they signed him. But if you look at some of the plays last year, he got toasted. If if he because he's too slow to come up and press. That's one of the exciting things about this. They got Peterson, who knows how to, he's not as good at press corner as he used to be, but he, he's crafty veteran. He knows how to get away with some things. He can press some. You got Porter, then we'll talk about him later, but they got another. Great press corner, potentially great press corner in the seventh round. So they're going bigger with length and guys who are really good at disrupting routes off the line of scrimmage. So I think we're going to see at times, Stewart's always mix it up between man and zone. But I think we're going to see them be more aggressive at times, which will help the pass rush. Because the pass rush, Stewart's didn't leave the, sack, the league in sacks last year for the first time in like six years. And part of the reason was Watt's injury. But even when Watt come back, they wasn't getting home quite as frequently because teams were getting the ball out really fast. Well, if you start doing a little more press, especially on obvious passing downs, that'll help the pass rush get there more. So I think Porter will start, but it might be midseason before he does. 
I agree. And, and for me, when you look at the acquisition of these type of cornerbacks, especially those that are going to try to disrupt the timing issue, I think that identifies who's the main threat in the division being obviously Joe Burrow and, and the Cincinnati Bengals and their passing attack that they have. Um, you know, Burrow isn't a you know, strong arm quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or things of that nature that's going to be able to uh, make some plays with his arm down the field when things break down, so to speak, in the manner in which Mahomes can do. He's got a lot of anticipatory throws. He reads the defense as well, things like that. And so the biggest defense against that is getting them off their time, making sure they're not on the same page, uh, uh, disrupting the, the wide receivers routes early and often. And I think Porter is ex excellent in that. He's a uh, old school type of playing the at the hip of the wide receiver type of cornerback. Mm -hmm. And he gets his hands on the ball quite a bit. You know, he may not be coming down with them, but he breaks up yeah. quite a few of them. And I think that he's going to end up doing fairly well. He knows the organization. He knows the standard. He knows what is expected of the type of, you know, play or what is expected of the players in the organization. Uh, I think the Steelers made a great choice. And also, the Steelers haven't done homework on a cornerback as much as they've done on Joey Porter Jr. I mean, he's been in the building for a very long time and, uh, you know, been around Coach T and things of that nature. So I'm excited about it. I personally think that he's going to, you know, be in sub packages and things of that nature for the first half of the season as well. I think maybe perhaps, you know, if he starts showing up and starts playing well and uh, and outperforming Levi Wallace, he may end up eventually taking that position. Now, Levi Wallace comes up, you know, with a couple of picks early on in the season. It might be difficult for Joey Porter to to overtake in his rookie season. But for sure, I think the Steelers have their answer at cornerback for the long time for long term. I mean, you look at Patrick Peterson, who's on the wrong side of 30s, he's getting up there in age. He's going to play probably this year, maybe next. Levi Wallace, I believe, is going into his final season of his contract. And so, you know, you need that staple point. You need that player for the long term. And I think Joey Porter Jr. is going to be that guy. What number do you think he's going to get? I don't, I don't think it's been announced yet what number he's – do you think he's going to get number five? I'd like to say it. I mean, I like those single-digit numbers. I know the Steelers resist it, but, but I find it interesting. I do, too. I do, too. I hope he gets number five. Um but the Steelers stay put in number 32. They select Joey Porter Jr. Everybody in Steelers Nation is ecstatic with the first two picks. Then number 49 comes along. Interior defensive lineman Keanu Benton, a guy that some folks thought that maybe the Steelers would target at 32, a guy that possibly could have gone in the first round, falls down to 49. And I'll tell you what, when it comes to these first three rounds, it felt like the Steelers turned off the draft and just selected whoever they wanted. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but Keanu Ben, interior defensive line. Uh, we've all known that the uh, that's been a there's been a bit of an emphasis on the interior defensive line. You've had you know Cam Hayward, who's also getting up there in age. You have Larry Ogunjobi, who the Steelers re-signed, but is not necessarily a nose or plays the nose. And last season, you had the, the combination of, of of Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi sometimes playing the nose out of necessity. This is a guy that can play the nose. He's great at run, you know, against the run, and and can get some pressure on the quarterback. Um, who, when you when you think of Keanu Ben, what are some of the comps that you see? Is it, you know, I I, I think he's a lot bigger, hard grade. What do you think? He doesn't have the explosiveness Hargrave has uh, to be that dominant pass rusher, interior pass rusher. Mm -hmm. To me, when I watched Benton. Uh, especially like at the senior bowl where he, his stock really went up because they, some of the best linemen there struggled to block him one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And he did not have good pass rush numbers at Wisconsin, and he doesn't have much of a repertoire. He's not that quick, twi- quick twitch guy like Hargraves. But what he is, is if you look at Benton, think young Tyson Alou. But except I think he's stronger than young Tyson Alulu. And Alulu was overdrafted. And that he went to a bad team in Jacksonville and that hurt his career. And then he blossomed late when he came to Pittsburgh. But I can see Benton really doing a great job of the modern nose tackle for the Steelers. It's not Casey Hampton anymore. It's not two down guys. You need a three down guy. Right. And if you look at the highlights of Benton from Wisconsin, he would get some movement, especially bull rush, and he would get a, an advantage. He just never finished. And I think it's due to he needs work on his hands when he's pass rushing. You know, he's great at tying up blockers and, and you know, playing the run. But as a pass rusher, you got to be able to disengage. And I think if he can work with Hayward, see, what a great mentor. Hayward is not a quick twitch athlete either, but he's, he's so strong and he's got enough movement that he can get home. And, you know, and he said so many sacks in his career because of that. I think he is a great mentor for Benton. When you look at this draft class, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I seen Jalen Carter as an option there to be somebody that, that a good pupil for Hayward, but the only other guy really, was Benton. So I wasn't impressed with Breezy. Uh, I did not want Van Ness. There was some other guys that people were talking about. But I'm very excited about Benton. If I had my choice on for a defensive tackle, it was Carter without the red flags and Benton who has no red flags. This is a high-character team-first guy. So I'm very excited about Benton. I think he is going to be a solid starter for years. Nose tackle's not flashy. It's not exciting. They didn't pick him and everybody's like, well, you know, because that's just not nose tackle. But he does everything the Steelers want and need out of a starting nose tackle. No, I agree 100%. I think he's going to be a solid player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he's got the size. He's got the the length and and the run stuff and ability. And the ability to take up space is really where I, I found him to be impressive so you have brendan fioco you have benton and you have martavius adams that are going to be occupying that nose tackle position don't forget Do see... well watts is in watts is in yeah. yeah so with with that being said you think that uh benton has the upper hand in this three-way battle for the uh, nose guard position nose tackle i'm sorry unless something changes and he like really struggles uh, you know at camp in the preseason Talent alone, he he should win the nose tackle position easily. I agree. I agree, one hundred percent. I think this is going to be a guy that's going to be the uh, week one starter as well. When when that package, you know, allows it to be the starting, you know, uh, defense out there. You know, I, I foresee him playing a lot against the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns and those type of teams, uh, and having his um, his his work put out for him in those type of situations. Now. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We still have four more draft picks to talk about. We'll be see you guys on the other side. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today, we're talking about a, a new day dawning for the Pittsburgh Steelers with new players coming in, and we're somewhat predicting where these players are going. Um, it's myself, Daniel J., and Shannon White, you know, talking about this. So uh, before we go further, if you guys aren't listening to the audio-only podcast, what are you guys doing? You guys got to go check it out. On Saturdays, uh, my my uh, audio-only podcast called State of the Steelers airs on all platforms. Um, you also have Let's Ride from Jeff Hartman. You have the Stack Geek from Dave Schofield, Bad Language from Brian Anthony Davis, and so much more every single day, breaking news, the whole nine yards. Go check it out anywhere you find your podcast at, whether it's you know Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whole nine yards. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. So... The third round comes around. The Pittsburgh Steelers are sitting in the 80s. I can't remember the exact one for sure. At the time that their draft was, you know, their pick was coming up, Darnell Washington was available. Steelers trade back, end up recuperating a fourth round pick out of it and still get their guy, Darnell Washington, in the third. I was I was so excited. excited. I actually have another show that I do, and I was watching the draft live because we were doing a live show, and I started fist pumping when the, when the pick came in. Uh, my buddies were like, what's up? I was like, we just got Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Biggest tight end, most athletic tight end, athletic freak for his size, and a blocking tight end. What were your thoughts first when the initial pick came in? Were you surprised he was still there? And uh, what was your knee-jerk reaction to the drafting of Darnell Washington? I, I'd even said uh, 
because I didn't know who was going to be available at 17. And I was doing some outside the box thinking leading up to the draft. And on different podcasts, I'd said, I'd like to see the Steelers get a top tight end and mm-hmm. go to these two tight end sets and just keep power running this football. Just use Harrison, use Warren, and, and continue the success that they had late last season. When you consider the additions to the offensive line before they picked Jones in the first round. So when they traded from 80, I was disappointed because at 80, I thought, what a great place to get Darnell Washington. Well, during that time from pick 80 to pick 93, on the news, uh, the um, NFL network, they started talking about that when he showed up at, for the physicals at the combine, his knees were puffy. And he'd had some leg injuries, but his knees were puffy at the combine. And that, with his height and girth, they were scared that it might be an arth- early arthritis, arthritic needs that could, you know, maybe shorten his career. Guys his size, he is so much like Gronkowski. And that Gronkowski wasn't this fluid athlete like a lot of the uh, receiving tight ends are now. He's just a brute, but he had great hands. And he was quick for a guy his size. So the guys, you know, you can't cover him with a linebacker. And then if you put a safety or a corner on him, he's just going to dominate him because he's so much bigger. That's how the Steeler fans need to look at Darnell Washington. He is going to be a nightmare. You know, he's going to be a media contributor as a blocker, but he is so much more athletic than people realize. At 6'7 and 264, he can run away from you. He's got four six feet. He is he is so huge with that long wingspan and 11 inch hands. He's got big mitts. Get him around the red zone. Get him, you know, with a linebacker on him or something. He's just going to block him out and catch the ball. He's got a basketball background. He, this was an incredibly deep class of tight ends. There was a lot of movement tight ends, a lot of receiving tight ends. But for what the Steelers need, Darnell Watson is perfect. He's perfect as that number two tight end because they got Firemuth to be the move tight end. And then you even got Hayward, who can play H-back and play out of the slot and move him around. So I was like, oh, man, they traded for 80. I was disappointed. They still got him at 93. What value? I was jumping up and down. I was so excited because, you know, I told people that in my article. Like, the first three picks was kind of predictable. I was I was real happy with them. But that, that third-round pick of Washington was exciting. Because that is a weapon. You, I said, you need weapons. It don't have to be wide receivers. It don't matter what position. You need weapons. Well, Washington is going to be a weapon. And he won't catch 70 balls a year, 80 balls like some tight ends. In this offense, but he will make big plays. He's going to make splash plays. And he's going to make a huge difference. So he is actually the perfect tight end out of this class for the Steelers. I agree. I couldn't say it much better. I think that. Yeah, when he came up, I was I was jumping. I had heard about the medical issues as well, and I was like, you know, throughout the draft, and I was like, you know, the Steelers have a great medical staff. You know, look at what happened with Larry Ogunjobi last season. He ended up getting a, a huge contract from the Chicago Bears that fell through the fell through the wall because of the fact that he had some 
some medical issues. The Steelers, he comes in for the Steelers. They address those medical issues. They move him in slowly, and he ends up being a productive force for the Pittsburgh Steelers and getting a second contract under the Steelers. So, you know, when it comes to the medical staff for the Pittsburgh, they're second to none, and they're going to take care of Darnell Washington in the manner that they should. Now, for me, um, when it comes to this position here, what is that? I think this is bad news for Derek Watt if he was hoping to come back to the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think that Connor Hayward ends up taking a lot more of those fullback um, position, taking that fullback position when needed. You know, it wasn't really a position that had a lot of use to begin with, but now that it's, um, you know, when they do need one, I think that it's going to be Connor Hayward taking that role. What do you think about that? Do you think, and what do you think it also leads for, for a guy like Zach Gentry who just got a uh, contract extension uh, this offseason. And, was, you know, like I said, I don't think tight end was really high up on the board, but when you have a value at, of a Darnell Washington at 93, you have to take it. So what do, what do you think about those things? Well, I agree totally. Uh, Derek Watt was very seldom used in this stiller offense. So his real value was special teams captain. He's a very, very good special teams player. But they brought back Miles Boykin. They brought in some guys into this rookie class. It's going to be really good special teams guys. And no more than they use Derek Watt, Connor Hayward is so versatile that I think he will be the perfect H-back, can fill that fullback role for the limited amount of snaps that's needed. And somebody said, well, he's not going to be real effective on third and fourth and short or goal line. Well, I've said it before, and I'm serious. Bring in Nate Herbig. You know, and let him, a lot of teams do it. And let him plow in there and, you know, let Harris follow him. Yeah. I mean, the he's he's that kind of guy. He's got that mentality. He just loves to run over people. So use him. Because uh, if, if, you know, you're that in, worried about goal line and short yardage, other than that, I think Connor Hayward is going to be an asset because you can line him up at fullback and see what the defense is offering and then move him out, swing him out, put him, you know, he do them uh, uh, reverses with him and, and swing passes and all those different things that he could do. He's going to be a, a mismatch. The Steelers have got a lot of mismatch possibilities right now. So, yeah, I don't think this really affects Gentry. Because they knew what they have with Gentry. He's he's got a small contract. He doesn't cost a lot. He's a solid blocker now. He is a capable receiver. Uh, even though he won't be asked to do that much. But now I think he's going to be tight end three. Because again, I think Hayward will show up as the fullback or H back. Mm-hmm. So I don't really think it affects Gentry that much. I think he's still going to get plenty of reps uh as a blocker. And, you know, and he's just a really good teammate. And, you know, yeah. you got to love him if Fire Moose, you know, grilling and chilling and stuff. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's really going to affect Gentry. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I, I feel that, you know, it might take a couple of plays off, you know, from what he's accustomed to going into and playing. But I think at the end of the day, he's still going to get his reps. Um, but one thing I also going back to Darnell Washington and what you were mentioning is I think that he's going to make himself a role in the red zone. He's going to make himself a, a person that's going to be utilized in the running game to be able to pile that in there and also to go over the top. I mean, this guy's got some incredible hands. There's a lot of a lot of highlights out there of him reaching over and just towering over defensive yeah. backs and linebackers and just coming down with the ball and, you know, being able to do that. 
in, in this offense in the red zone would be huge because this is a team that you know struggled offensively last season in the beginning but towards the middle towards the latter end of the season started to really be able to move the ball the problem was getting it into the end zone and i think when you have a target like this and the mismatches that you bring up it definitely is going to equal out to more uh balls in the end zone versus field goals you know um and so I'm, I'm really excited about this pick. This was probably one of my favorite picks, even though it was a third round pick, fourth pick in the draft, just because of the ability that he's going to be able to bring and, and, and everything that goes along with it. Now, he was number zero in Georgia. If he's number zero here, I'm 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 saying it now. I'm getting a Washington zero jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'd love it. <laughs> I would love to see that on there, man. It, it looks cool. Uh, you know, when he was out there representing the zero for Georgia, you know, going through his highlights, and I'm like, man, he he looked pretty cool in the Pittsburgh Steelers black and gold zero too. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Now, uh, moving on to the fourth pick, this was a uh, pick that they got from the trade, moving back for Darnell Washington. At 132, the Steelers select uh, Nick Herbig from Wisconsin, outside linebacker, brother of Nate Herbig, currently um, of the Pittsburgh Steelers interior offensive lineman uh, that was just re-signed. Uh, I, I, I saw this coming. <laughs> I saw this coming from a mile away. Uh, as soon as we entered the fourth round, I've had a couple of my buddies. Um, I was out and about during that during the fourth round, and I was like, uh, the fourth round started. They're like, you know, a couple of my buddies like, who do you think we're getting? He's like, Nick Herbig if he's there. <laughs> and so yep. I saw it coming. Um, he's a little bit smaller of a of a linebacker at about 240 pounds, six foot two. I honestly think he might be transitioning to off ball linebacker yeah. relatively soon. What do you think his role is going to be for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, one thing I wanted to mention, too, and you said it when we were talking about zero, the number zero for Washington, I heard it right after he's picked. Somebody said, Mount Washington. So, man, if you're for Pittsburgh, you know what his nickname's going to be. Yeah, He's Mount Washington. I can see the T-shirts all over the strip district now. And that's just going to be a perfect fit. Everything about him is a perfect fit for Pittsburgh. But Nick Herbig, when – we got off our Zoom call Friday night. I said, uh, made a prediction. I said, Nick Herbig is the pick in the fourth. I said it then because it made too much sense. The Steelers need a, a another edge guy to give TJ and Alex a break. They need somebody capable, though. You can't just have a body. And last year, they used DeMarvin Leal a lot there. Uh-huh. Leal... Is is really good at setting the edge because he's a defensive lineman by trade, but he's he's kind of a tweener, so he's that size that he can step out to the edge. But you need somebody who will have more pass rush off the edge and has that motor, man. That is one thing about them Herbig boys. Somebody called them the Nasty Boys. That's a great nickname <laughs> for people who love wrestling like myself. Those guys are crazy. You, well, you know, when Nate was uh, brought in as a free agent, he's like, I'll do anything. I'll punt. I'll do whatever to get on the field. He just likes to hurt people. He likes to run over people. You watch him play, and he pisses off a defensive lineman. They hate playing him because he knows one way to play, and that's all out. That's the same way little brother Nick is. If you watch him, he plays like his hair is on fire. He's going 1,000 miles an hour. He never stops. He's perpetual motion. It's easy to block a guy that's going to stand there and do this with you. 
right. know, like, oh, you, you, you know, you've stopped my initial pass rush. I'm going to just kind of dance with you. That's not Herbie. Herbie will go under you. He'll go around you. He'll try to climb over you. The guy is just that. He's got that kind of motor, that kind of intensity. As you said, he's 6'2", 240. And in the NFL, he'll naturally put on weight, 5'10 pounds. He'll probably end up maybe 245, eventually 250 in his career. He can't get taller, and his arms can't get longer, but I believe that he will offer them pass rush intensity immediately as a rookie, be a special teams demon, and then we're going to have to wait and see. He looks like he has every attribute to be a top off-ball linebacker. He really does. You mentioned it already. I wrote about it in the grading the pick article. I think that they're going to have to decide. This is a ball player. That's the main thing. This is a ball player who happens to be a good athlete, not a good athlete who plays a little ball. You want it, you got to have that baller. They got to have that heart, and Herbig does. So the Steelers are going to have to figure out where he would be most effective and valuable moving forward because they might be, in, in, you know, off ball inside linebacker. But I'm really excited about it because he's a guy you don't have to say, whoa, or second, you have to say, whoa, maybe. But you don't right. have to say sick him, as Tomlin said. And I love that kind of player. And the Steelers have got a ton of them now, and they got rid of guys like Bush who didn't meet that criteria. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, Bush has become a, a, a afterthought at this point, once <laughs> at this part of the year. Now, um, yeah, I, I, I thought that maybe perhaps he would be a guy like, that would be in that rover position. So there's been times where the Steelers have used three outside linebackers on the field and one guy roving in the middle, so to speak. And I think that this would be the perfect role for him in that sub package. Um, I could see him also taking some plays, maybe not a lot of plays. I mean, you still have Quincy Roche and, and probably we'd have to see what happens in the waiver wires and, you know, when the season starts and, and surprise cuts and things of that nature. And, and I feel that there's going to be some more players that will be added to this team. I don't think that the 53 players that are going to be starting week one are, are, are there on the team yet. There's still some players that need to be added. And so, you know, with this guy, I think he can be a good off ball linebacker. He's got the height, the speed, the weight, um, the athleticism, the motor. And for now, being an outside linebacker, pressuring on sub packages plays or when TJ Watt needs a breather or being in there as a third guy, I think is going to be perfect for him. Um, I think he's going to be a, uh, like you mentioned before, special teams demon. He's going to need to be, if he wants to end up making this team, uh, he's going to have to go out there and, and show up in the special teams department. And I think he will. I don't mean when you don't have a guy who has that kind of motor and heart that's going to end up flopping in that, you know, in that part of the football field. And so, that being said, you know, this was a guy also that was looked at as potentially a third round pick. Steelers get him in the fourth round. It was a great value for the Steelers, great value for the team. Another great pick. Now, the Steelers end up not having a pick in the fifth or the sixth round and have to wait to pick 241, where they select, in my opinion, BPA, best player available, and cornerback Corey Tries Jr. out of Purdue. He's not a guy that, you know, you're necessarily going in there out of need. I think the Steelers have plenty of defensive backs at this point, especially now with Joey Porter. End up getting uh, Corey Trice, who fell possibly because of some medical issues as well, but a guy that I think is is a very solid player. He's similar in size and stature as a Joey Porter and similar play style. Uh, what do you think about Corey Trice? I honestly could not figure out why he was falling. Because mm-hmm. he was ranked – 
uh, I think Daniel Jeremiah had him at 66. Oh, wow. Everybody had him around anywhere from 109 to 120 something. He went 241. I mean, you're talking about value. And I kept trying to find, you know, I looked, I was looking up, trying to figure out why does he keep falling? Any arrest records, any, you know, off the field stuff with Purdue, you know, maybe a problem with the coaching staff. Because if you really look at him, he is Joey Porter Jr.'s doppelganger without the famous dad and famous last name. Right. Trice is, they're the, the same player. They Trice is about the same height, close to the same weight. He's got a great wingspan, not quite as long as Joey Porter Jr., who has like the 90-some percent wingspan ever at cornerback. It's up in the 90s. But, right. you know, Trice has them long arms just being 6'3". He, he, his times and his agility drills were much better than people realize. He can't, he's not stiff. He can turn, he can move. He's up four, four, six speed. I tell you what it is two things pandemic. There was more excellent prospects pushed down in the fifth and sixth round this year than ever before because of those extra fifth and even sixth year guys. Because of the pandemic. So this this class was just crammed full of guys who normally would have went third, fourth round, end up going fourth, fifth, sixth round. Trice is one of them. The injury concerns, I really did a deep dive into him trying to figure out what had happened. He broke his ankle as a senior in high school. And it came back too quick. It affected him for basketball. Then when he came in to, to Purdue, he uh, suffered a knee injury. And it sounds like but he never gave his body time to fully heal because all these injuries have happened on the same leg. And it could be an alignment issue. You know, if you don't rehab properly and you don't get the right chiropractic, physical therapy, all this kind of care, you can continue to suffer injuries because you're not aligned properly. It sounds like that was a lot of it. And last year, he swore a bra- he wore a brace for the majority of the season on his leg, and it gave him security and confidence. And eventually, the coach is like, you need to take that brace off, and he finally did. It sounds like he's fully healed. And if that is the case, Daniel, I'm telling you, the Steelers got a steal, an absolute steal in that seventh round. Oh, I agree. And, I, I like, you know, there was a lot of people that were talking about him and, and how much of a steal he was and how great of a cornerback that he is or could potentially be. And I, and I go back to, you know, looking at the defensive backs. There's a lot of them, but not a lot of them for long. You have Patrick Peterson on a two-year deal. You have Levi Wallace and Akila Weatherspoon going into their final season. Uh, those were guys that were main contributors uh, with Akilo and uh, Levi Wallace last season mm-hmm. uh, when healthy. And so, you know, you need that extra player. If you can get a guy like tries to develop to make sure and ensure that that injury on the ankle and everything else is over and he's good to go. I mean, he could be a guy that could end up being a, uh, a Cam Sutton sort of, you know, across the way from a Joy Porter Jr. I'm not necessarily sure if you should put two press corners out there at the same time like that. Maybe you want his own type of corner on one side and, and a man on the other. Um, but you, you, who knows? You know, we have to see what his, his ability is. Uh, what do you think about that aspect? Here's the thing I don't think a lot of people think about. Even as a rookie, mm-hmm. he's got the size and the length to really match up with a lot of tight ends 
those movement tight ends in the AFC and in the AFC North, he could really give them some trouble because if you watch him in Purdue, watch his highlights, guys. He's up on these guys, and he blankets them. Now, there could be some penalty issues, which we've seen a lot of rookie corners coming in, you know, get a lot of – get handsy, they get a lot of penalties. But, they again, he's got the same thing Porter Jr. has. He's got Peterson. So Peterson's going to be such a mentor and a value to these guys. But he he should be able to come in in sub packages early, maybe be a tight end cover specialist. We lost Terrell Edmonds, who was really our guy that shut down a lot of tight ends. You know, Trice could replace a lot of that. And here's the thing you mentioned him, Akilla Witherspoon, who I think that just based on his cap hit alone, I, I mean, he's got the length he can match up. You know, they give us the Steelers – the tallest cornerback group they've ever had. But what if you cut him, release him, save that money, bring back William Jackson. If you're going to play more press coverage and he's healthy, you could get him for a song and a dance right now. His value has never been lower. Get him on a one-year prove-it deal. Put him out there. Play a lot more press coverage, which I think, you know, if you're taking Joey Porter Jr., and you're taking Trice, you better be planning on playing press coverage. So I think they're showing us a little glimpse of what the plan is, and they have so many options. And there's still other cornerbacks out there on the free agent list that would fit that if the Steelers want to go that direction. But I think Witherspoon uh, will be gone because just of his cap hit alone. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought that there was that possibility. I even thought there was a possibility that they, he'd be trade bait for a six rounder or something. Yeah. Because the Steelers didn't have one at the time. And so, um, but, you know, the Steelers didn't stop at the cornerbacks. You know, I'll bring this up. I know it's not draft related, but the Steelers did while, while the draft was going on, signed a slot corner in Chandon Sullivan. And so, uh, you know, I think that he's a, uh, you know, they got their, their, everything covered as far as that goes. Um, but going back to the draft, the final pick at 251, um, offensive guard, center, possibly even played some tackles. Spencer Anderson out of Maryland, uh, a player that I don't know, Coach Tomlin knows well. You know, he plays with his son, so he's seen him play quite a bit. What were your thoughts? Did you? Uh, I, I didn't know who he was. I'll be honest. <laughs> I have no idea who he was when he was drafted. Um, but it seems like he's a versatile guy and a guy that can be a, a backup center. What, what what are your thoughts on him? Oh, well, obviously you didn't get to read my grading the pick article <laughs> on Mister Spencer Anderson. I when he was picked, I was like, "Who? <laughs> From where? Who, who? And that's hard to do, Daniel. It's hard to do in this day and age. There's a billion mock drafts, and if you do enough of them, pretty much at the end of the the draft, names come up that you have no clue who it is. Right. I never seen Spencer Anderson's name on any mock draft, on any draft evaluation. And that's all we done for months. Is just, you know, I tried to put in as much time as possible. I had no clue who he was. None. So I'm like, perfect draft and now this. So <laughs> I said, Well, I trust Khan and company, but I especially trust Andy Weidel because mm-hmm. he's the king of the round bellies. And he knows offensive line and defensive line talent. So I started doing a deep dive on him. Took me a while to get them last two articles out. Because on Trace, I was trying to figure out why he fell. 
And then on Anderson, I had to figure out who is he. That Anderson is incredibly intelligent and a really good all-around athlete. His relative athletic score was 9.37, which is really good. Uh, would have been one of the highest grades for a center this year. Right. The problem is, during his time at Maryland, he played all five offensive line positions. You talk about a, a jack-of-all-trades master of none. This guy is the ultimate in versatility. He can play any of them positions. And he did so adequately, which is saying something. Now, can he do it at NFL-level adequacy? We don't know. But let's say they're bringing him in to be the ultimate swing guy. On the practice squad at first, I feel sure. He mm-hmm. can be there, and then if you have an injury anywhere, you bring him in to back up. But he could be a Ramon Foster type, fellas. I mean, you know, a guy that, that was an afterthought that could come in and be a quality starter for years because he has solid athleticism. He's got versatility. He's ambidextrous. He's incredibly intelligent. He brings all that to the equation. And, you know, right now, center, you got Cole. You don't really want to move these other guys in if something happens. Right. And, I could easily see Anderson knocking Kendrick Green off the roster because Green can't master one position. And Anderson, I believe, is close to him athletically, but way more intelligent and way more experienced. So I think that basically Spencer Anderson was brought in to basically finally rid the Steelers of Kendrick Green. Well, I don't think Kendrick Green needs help getting rid of himself there <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he's he's not had the most, you know, uh, his career has not been the best when it comes to what he's been able to put on tape for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'll leave it at that. But, yeah, I thought that this was a great pick for the Steelers as well. You know, this is a guy that is just solidly depth, you know, and he's a guy that has played so many different positions that, you know, especially at the center position – you know, last year the Steelers had J.C. Hassenhauer. He's no longer part of the team. You know, they needed their J.C. Hassenhauer, a guy that is dependable, a guy that is smart, and a guy that can fill the need when needed, when need be. And I, and you're right, you don't really want to move some of these guys out of their position to go into the center. You know, if you can keep them where they're at and keep that chemistry, especially with their tackles, that that that's better for the offensive line in total, in my opinion. Uh, we have. 87 folks in here please guys want to say thank you all for watching hit that like button if you're not subscribed please subscribe we would appreciate that um but yeah i i gave this draft an a plus i thought that from the top to the bottom and everything in between was just outstanding you know i felt that even though the steelers didn't have a fifth or a sixth round pick what they were able to do in the first four rounds and the value that they got in those rounds uh was exquisite it was what the steelers needed and I think this window might be opening. Uh, I might be a little bit early in saying so, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm excited, man. I'm excited about this team. I'm excited about what's to come. I can't wait for uh, rookie mini camp to come in and we can see what's going on. Uh, <laughs> everything all right? Yeah, yeah. My 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 golden retrievers pestering me. Uh, <laughs> I, I do want to say something. Yo, I give up my first A plus ever. Mm-hmm. In four years of grading the picks, I had to give Darnell Washington an A plus. At ninety three, there was no, I couldn't, you know, I don't like doing that, but I had to. But the draft as a whole has to be an A. 
you know, I, I, I'm really, I don't give out very many A pluses, but when you see who they got and positions of need, where they got them, when they got them, it's like you said, it's incredible. And you just took, when you consider what kind of incredible offseason they've had, and they've just thrust themselves to one of the, I think the favorites in that division, or they have to be in contention for the favorites with the Bengals. And then they're back in contending status that quickly. It, it, you know, it all comes down to what Canada can do and, and, you know, and can pick it. You know, he, I think he needs a true number one wide receiver. They're going to get by without it because of all this talent they got. But I still think eventually he's going to need a true number one. Hmm. Pickens might be that guy eventually. We'll see. But right. I'm so excited about the future uh, and, and where this team's headed. Oh, I am too. Uh, I saw actually uh, Kenny Pickett came out on, uh, I don't know if it's been aired out or not yet, but somebody in the audience on Cam Hayward's podcast, he had Kenny Pickett on, on the mm. show and he looks bigger. Like oh, he yeah. Yeah. looks noticeably bigger. And uh, I think that's going to do wonders for his game, for his, you know, his health, you know, getting hit. Yeah. With this offensive line, I don't think he's going to be getting hit too often, <laughs> but, <laughs> but when he does, I think he's going to be able to take those, those hits a lot better than he did his rookie season. And I think that he's also going to be able to put a little bit more zip on that ball and, and be a little bit more confident. And especially now that he has a full off season to work with these guys, mm-hmm. you know, you're right. It comes down to can Matt Canada put the, uh, the scheme in play for these guys to be successful. And that's going to be the question that only time can tell. And only once the, the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the field that we'll be able to get that answer. Uh, thank you so much, Shannon, for coming on. I appreciate everybody. No, take us out, Shannon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.